and welcome to episode 11 of Back the Girls podcast. And alongside me is only one of the gorgeous twosome, but it's the big one in size and personality. It's Gemma Hallett. <laughs> I, you can't say I got more personality than Lori Harry's. Oh, Hello, best friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, just to touch on it, unfortunately, Lori is moving or has moved and is unpacking or packing. We're very good friends. Obviously, we keep in contact all the time. I'm not quite sure she's moved she's, or not. But She's either she, in a box or lost yeah, a box or yeah. underneath boxes, something like that. She's up to her eyes in boxes and, you know, the, you only need two of them to do that. So, yeah. yeah. She's, and obviously she's the only one doing heavy lifting. So. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, she's been a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, just us two to dissect the weekend's rugby. Okay, so in this episode, we are going to look back to Wales's win. That's two in a row. Come on. But before we get too excited, we also preview Canada, who may be rusty, but oh gosh, look out for them. That game against England. We will talk about it all. And of course, it wouldn't be the same unless we ended with a painful shaming quiz. <laughs> this is Back the Girls Podcast. So it's Tuesday evening. I feel like I've only just seen you. It's, it's just flown <laughs> from the weekend, isn't it? I know. I know. What a, what a brilliant weekend, though. Um, a double win for Wales. So Wales women, I actually would say more convincing than the men for once ever in their victory. Uh, don't know whether you had a chance to see the Wales-Fiji game. Um, I was there for that one. Wow. What a, what a strange game. Strange game. We'll call it entertaining. But strange. I think if, you know, if Fiji hadn't gone down to 14, honestly, I, I think they could have beaten us. Mm. I really do. Yeah. But let's go, let's go to the main event. Absolutely. The Saturday game, the main game, the primetime slot went yes. to the women and the women won 29-19. Enjoy the game? I did thoroughly enjoy the game not just for the game itself and, you know, how a great result and um, some aspects of the game was, was brilliant from Wales. But um, as you know, we got to spend it in making our own little bit of history. Um, thank you to Nigel Walker for that, by the way, our first ever former Players' Lounge. And I know I probably bang on about it a bit much, but it is the first time ever and it's, it is special for those that have been involved. And, you know, we... We realise we ask a lot of the WRU and we, we, you know, we bang on about the WRU doing better and providing this, providing that. But also, you know, we've got to step up as well as former players and play our part, offer our support, rally for the girls. And, you know, no one's going to advocate more for this team than former players. And it's about bringing everyone back into the fold and being part of that again and making sure that that legacy lives on. Mm -hmm. And it started... Started last weekend, obviously, with all the Heineken, but um, <laughs> this Saturday just gone with more of an official piece, and we were hosted by the WRU for the first time ever. It was so, so good. It was. I mean, yeah. I, I only obviously got to join afterwards. So I was doing comms on the on Scrum 5, but just to see everyone 
um, and, and stories that were coming out that you just completely forget about. Actual, you know, things that happen during games, after games, in training that just get lost into the back of your mind. But then a few names come out and a few, do you remember this? I remember when that happened. And oh, it was just so lovely to have, well, I yeah. guess it's like like-minded people as well, because I don't know about you, but when I stopped playing rugby, I, I lost contact with a lot of my rugby friends and I kind of, you know, started seeing my other mates from uni and, and family and, and not all of my rugby mates sort of crossed over into that. And I kind of miss that being able to just sit around. And even if you weren't in that team or in, in the squad in that year, you, you're still engaged in the story because you still know the people or, you know, it was just, it was so lovely. And I just echo what you're saying. Thank you very much, um, WRU and and everyone else, no doubt, that was behind the scenes and, and pushing it uh, to, to get that to happen. And, and like we said last week's pod, it's going to happen every uh, home Six Nations game, which is going to be brilliant. Mm, yeah, something a bit more official starting in the Six Nations. But like you said, the story times were unreal and I oh. just wish I'd noted them all down. But the most entertaining, obviously, we had Beth and Shanessa Howell from Seven Sisters. All we were missing was a campfire, wasn't it? Because oh. we could have stayed there all night. Just, <laughs> like Beth and remember every detail of, of her season in the squad. She does, which when most of her stories finish with how drunk she was well she was it's quite amazing that she does remember all the things <laughs> yeah. and in sharp contrast uh, do you remember it carol james gotta love her welsh winger so i'm talking to rafik taylor about the best try i think i was ever privileged to be part of team try and it and it had seven try right seven try mm. the seven try so i've got carol right next to me and this is a try where she has scored the try. So as I'm telling the story, I'm waiting for her to recognize the fact I'm, I'm talking about her try. This is the best ever try I've ever been part of. And I'm saying it and I'm saying it and I'm saying it. And then literally gets to the last part, you know, where I pass the ball to her to score. And I tell her this and she's like, did I? Did we? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I'm like, oh my God, really? And she was the most sober athlete you've ever met in your life. Yeah. So how she doesn't remember these things. Yeah, Beth and Janessa, everything. <laughs> everything. And the funny thing as well, because everybody remembers something slightly different. So you yeah. can put together your whole career just by listening to other people's stories. Yeah. yeah. It was so entertaining. And uh, we had the best seats in the house. We were right behind the post in where, you know, the, the I'm sure three tries were scored right in front of us, or two at least. Should have yeah. been a third. Um, Maybe we'll come on to that later. But... You know, the girls scored right in front of us and we loved how we were cheering. And, you know, like I said, nobody's going to advocate for this team more than former players. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's about getting getting down there, making noise and, and amplifying how well this team can do. Yeah, absolutely. So am I right in thinking there's a box again for this weekend for Canada? Oh, we don't know because we're not sure if... Um, so just to bring everyone up to speed, um, the WRU uh, elite... Uh, blazer squad at the box next door and bird nipped in to say hi um just for a couple of minutes she slummed it with us in the smaller box <laughs> um and she did mention it was you know hopefully it would be an every game thing so i said so we'll see you next again then and there was a little smile so i w- wasn't sure whether to say yes or no so we don't know but either way we're hoping to get numbers there mm-hmm. regardless you know yeah. i quite like being down in the crowd and slumming here if i'm honest and meeting everybody <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough yeah because you know you you saw the crowd like nelson bells were there with with bells on 
Yeah. There were so many of them. They were <laughs> celebrating. The witchish girls were there, of course. I don't know they missed the game. You know, were they what were they wearing? They they big daff hats, daffodil heads, classic. Yeah. 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 Now the crowd so. was good, wasn't it? And numbers mm. were up from round one, which is brilliant. Crucial, yeah. Yeah. So let's dissect the game a little bit. So three tries to Wales. To, uh, sorry, four tries to Wales. Get your stats right, Phil. And three tries to South Africa. And actually, where you were sat, you would have seen the Welsh tries because they were in the first half. And then that kind of shock comeback in the second half where South Africa all of a sudden uh, decided to just literally turn it on and scored three, and they were all down your end as well. So you really did have the best seat in the house. Best seats in the house, like royalty. Best seats in the house. Yeah. So what are you thinking, right? What's your vibe? Was it Wales switching off fitness, the old cliches, last, you know, 15 minutes, or was it South Africa just clicking, turning it on? Oh, I hate being on the fence. That's not that's not my no. position at all. But I'm a bit on the fence about it because I think South Africa did definitely switch on yeah. and they started playing more of a... Um, I think you alluded to it in the commentary is that they started to bring their seven girls into the game a bit more and it opened up so they had that freedom to play. Yeah. But also I think... Wales's players did get tired and maybe some of the quality that come off the bench um, struggled to keep with the pace of the game at that point. Um, So, yeah, I'm a little bit on the fence. It's mean, you know, you'd have to sit down and watch it properly, Mm. tidy again. But um, it it was another level up, I think, for Wales. Mm. And that's exactly what we want to see. Yeah, I, I think I would echo you a little bit with that one. Certainly for two of South Africa's tries, there were blatant, one-on-one missed tackles it mm. wasn't a you know defensive structure error people were in the right position to make the tackles but they they didn't um so yeah I'd say yeah a little bit potentially a bit of bench bit of individual error and I think there was an element of switching off a little bit uh mm. you know I can imagine they went into this game thinking this was going to be you know, a really, really hard, hard battle. And potentially there may have been even some players in that squad that weren't quite sure what the result was going to, was going to be. You know, we've got to remember that these girls have, have come off such a long streak of losing that, you know, you can almost forgive them for having those little, little tiny doubts little, that might creep in mm. every now and again, you know, it's going to take a while for them to really feel confident and comfortable and that kind of winning man- mentality, so to speak. But I do think that maybe they scored very quickly, which, you know, it's it's a good thing, but then equally it's that double jeopardy of do people then go, oh, okay, mm. I'll settle into the game. Well, you just want them to stay on that edge of, oh, you know, anything could happen at any time, stay on it, high tempo, you know what I mean? Mm. So maybe they're, terms of, they're backing off. In terms of ambition, they scored super early in both games. Yeah, you know, very true. And that's going to be crucial against Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a battle to get any points on that scoreboard. Yeah. So, you know, to have that ambition to just go out first few minutes of the game to try and get seven on the board, mm-hmm. that's impressive. I was also really impressed with the with this set piece. I think that's mm-hmm. that's getting tighter, that's getting more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed again with the centres. Mm-hmm. I think they're just so solid. Yeah. Um, but for me, I would love to see more 
more players playing off 12 and 13 because they're so intelligent, our centres. You know, they will put somebody into space. And Alicia Butcher's playing off 10 shoulder. If we can get her out maybe on 12 and 13 shoulders, I think that offers something really exciting. Yeah, there was a, a moment in the game, actually. I want to say it was around around 20-minute mark. And um, Hannah Jones, Karen Lake had run a kind of... Sorry, little... Phil. It is Hannah Jones, isn't it? Oh, my days. <laughs> Honestly, right? I can't even excuse it. For anyone who didn't listen to my Scrum 5 commentary, I called Hannah Jones a girl who I've played with for maybe 10 years, Hannah John. And Hannah John is the Welsh manager for... Uh, Wales women. Am I right in thinking he didn't just do it once either? All right, okay. <laughs> Let's not relive the situation. <laughs> yes, I may have said it more than once. And straight away into my DMs comes <laughs> Hannah Jones. Uh, yeah. All my family are saying you're saying my name wrong. I was like, oh, God. I'm so sorry. Please. Yeah. Please. To the Joneses, though, I got met Phil oh. came into the, the box to meet us all after the game, and she was still mortified. I was, absolutely. Yeah. It's just so stupid. And I guess because I wasn't even, you know, I'm not worried about how I say a name because I know her. I didn't even <laughs> think about it. And then I said it again. I was like, that sounds really weird to say. Why does that sound yeah. weird? But yes, in commentary, it's hard. It comes yeah. out your mouth quicker than you can think, doesn't it, in commentary? Yeah, yeah it does. Mm. But anyway, back to my point, Mm -hmm. there was a lovely little uh, movement play and it resulted in Hannah Jones making a break. It was only like a sort of a half break, if you will, two meters. And you could see her turn and look to her outside where all of the backs have been flooding around for where's my what should be a winger or a flanker on my shoulder. Mm. And there was no one there. And honestly that person would have been in acres of space. That would have been a try. So definitely. And Alicia's perfect at those popping up up on the shoulder as well. Mm -hmm. Playing out that little bit wider will really offer a threat. But then again, it depends if she's playing at seven or six, doesn't it? And she was playing at first or second phase, yeah. So, and I think, I'm pretty sure this was off a scrum. Yeah, it was a set piece Ah, piece move. So, you know, she wouldn't have been able to get around there. Beth and Lewis was at seven. Um, for that game. So maybe that could be something they could swap around. Because I do mm. think Alicia Butcher's just off the mark is a little bit sharper. And I know they talk about, you know, flankers are interchangeable around the field. So, well, it doesn't matter if they're six or seven, but when it comes to set piece and you want someone up and out, I would I would put Alicia Butcher's in the, mm. the up and out seven. But mm. be interesting to see if there are any changes. I'm going to hold my hands there. I was a bit concerned about... Um... Oh, wait. I know there were some changes just mm-hmm. before the game started, but I was a bit concerned yeah. that um, maybe Caitlin and, um, oh gosh, thingy at fullback. Lisa Newman was at fullback. No, Lisa got pulled off the wing, didn't she? And Courtney Kite come on. Oh, Courtney Keat. Oh, Neve Terry. She yeah. Was- I thought Caitlin and Neve might be a little bit undercooked, but mm-hmm. I, um, I was super, super impressed with Caitlin Lewis. Mm. even though she's played very very little rugby in the last two years yeah I think and I think me and you spoke about this after the game didn't we there's something yeah. there's something that there's raw talent there and I think that's so exciting mm. I think she's a couple of years off reaching any kind of you know peak a little bit stronger but the mm. talent on the girl yeah. um you know she was taking players on the outside she was popping inside uh, she was popping up all over the field as well to offer an attack I'm really excited to see where Caitlin's career can go. Yeah. Uh, I think it's always 
it's always a compliment when you're when you're saying a, a winger's name, especially in a tight game, as much as we were by her sheer involvement, her touches on the ball. And it wasn't like she was being kicked to a lot. She just managed to work her way into the game. And I really liked as well. I know that, you know, when she reviews that game, I think it was the first try that was scored came down her channel and she was, you know, palmed off. She went too high on, on the opposing mm -hmm. winger. Yeah. But the winger then came back at her like 10 minutes later and she went low. Yeah. And just that, you know, ultra, okay, I've learned now. I know what you're about and I've changing it. Not stressing, not trying to do the same thing again. She learned from it and she chopped it to the deck. So yeah, yeah definitely, um, definitely something there. Yeah. And there was a, an incident early on, again, in the first few minutes, where I think she carried on the far side from where you were doing your commentary spell. She carried and the referee said tackle made because it needed to touch the floor and she went to go oh. again. Yeah. But all she had to do was let go of the ball because there was nobody on it and then she, she couldn't move forward. So it's maybe just those little bit of game sense. Mm. But I really think she could be, a, you know, an outstanding threat from a Welsh perspective. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And then uh, Karis Phillips. Wow. Could you have asked any more of her? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably a fourth try, you know. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop at three? Car, come on. Fair play though, and she was on for nearly seventy minutes as well. In a, you know, in a, a tough scrum battle, mm. hit her darts, scores three tries. It's like tick, 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 isn't it? Yeah, yeah. My one concern though, because we've got to go there. We can't just, uh, you know, celebrate all the good stuff. We've got to acknowledge that there are things to work on, and this is what mm. potentially. Um, worries me about Canada. Canada are good, and I know we'll discuss them in a minute, mm -hmm. but the amount of turnover on the floor, whether that was from support players not quick enough, um, so the ball carrier's got to hold on. And we can't blame the ball carrier in that situation. I know people are complaining about the amount of penalties they're giving away for holding on, but it's up to the supporting player to deal with that threat. If South Africa are on their feet, they can compete. We've got to blast that threat away. Um, and there was, you know, holding on, turnover on the floor and some... It's a ball placement as well where we lost control of the ball. So, so that predominantly is the only thing that I think is letting us down right now. Yeah, yeah. Efficiency at the ruck area on both sides, I think, when they're challenging defensively as well as when they're you know trying to keep hold of it mm. in the attack position. They, there were quite a few times they're just not going beyond the ball when they're trying to stay over it. They're, they're looking yeah. for that sort of just holding onto the player on the ground. But I really think in today's sort of rugby, people are entering into those rooks so low, so powerful. You have to go beyond the ball and you have yeah. to trust that you're going there with someone else to come behind you and protect that ball. Yeah. I remember it was there was one in the 40th, 41st, and I think 42nd minute mm. where you're just like, we can't keep creating this free, easy ball for South Africa because we're not doing our jobs at the breakdown. And one of them, I think it was the 40th, 40, 39th, 40th minute, and he was right in front of us. And I remember it so clearly. Georgia pick, um, comes on a short ball, carries. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Keris Hale stands off about a metre and a half, waiting for the pop. Georgia's not going to pop from two metres out. Mm. But Keris Hale needs to be just smashing into her and driving it over the try line. But mm. she hangs off. Georgia goes to the floor. The next South African is in and Keris Hill doesn't hit it in time and it's a turnover ball. Turnover from half a metre out from the try line. Mm. We've got to be more effective than that. Mm. That is that jeopardy, isn't it, of that little tip on pass. If it comes off, 
quite often that second receiver is into into acres because they're like hitting that line just off the shoulder. But then equally, if the pass isn't made, that that second receiver needs to change their line of direction so quickly mm. to be efficient. Then entering that ruck, and they're usually coming from like a side angle, so they've got to kind of straighten themselves up. Yeah. So I guess yeah, maybe there is And it's that game intelligence, right? You like yeah. you know Georgia. Is Georgia gonna pass a meter out when the ball's tucked up under her arm? There's only one option and an intelligent rugby player would see that. Mm. And you know, we've just got to think ahead a little at this breakdown. I think all other aspects of our game has massively improved, mm-hmm. but the breakdown, we've gotta think a phase ahead or mm-hmm. what your next job is mm-hmm. or what you, what the most effective job could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So I'd be spending, if I was in, you know, if I was Welsh coach right now, I'd be spending this week dealing with that situation. Yeah. Making people think ahead. Well, I've got some things that I think Wales might need to look at when they face Canada, because I did watch the Canada. Yes. Tell us all about it, Phil. Yeah. So England, Canada, 20 to 12 at half time. But then England, you know, ran away with it as they do, you know, the last 10, especially to 51-12, the game ended. But I think the most important part of that for me, just taking into consideration that Canada, well, they haven't played, they haven't played in Europe since 2018. They've not had much domestic league in Canada. There are, I think, two players that play in the French league, and then there are a couple that play in the Allianz Prem. Okay. Yeah but not, you know, that that's a handful of players in a big squad. Mm-hmm. They also, this was their, I, what was the turnaround on this game? This was a tight turnaround as well, coming over from um, Canada. They played in the States, right? Yeah, they played, yeah. US they played in USA States. in the States. So they've already had a couple of games leading up to this, which, yeah, okay, says that they've had a bit of game, but like, it's not enough. It's too much of a short period to say, oh, they're coming into this, you know, prepared and informed. It's like they're coming, they're in the middle of a tournament right now. Mm. Okay. So yes, they've had those games, but I don't think they're almost a benefit to a certain extent because they've just tired them out because they haven't had anything so long. Yeah. Come into what is essentially like a tournament format. But considering all of that. Almost certain, Phil, there's been no domestic league since COVID started, right? They went back to training, but they all got pulled again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So to keep England, who we know are in the form of their lives, to 2012 at halftime, I think that's incredible. I really think that's good. And there were a couple of times when Canada could have scored, but the, you could just tell they were rusty as handling, uh, let them down, communication on sort of who was supposed to be running a certain line, let them down. So, yes, okay, you look at 51 12 and you think, you know, easy game for England. But no, I would say the 51 12 refers to the fact that they're not match fit. So they died off in the last 20. And they're rusty because they haven't played together much. But the sort of the natural rugby in them, which is that first half, that responsive just play, is there. Oh, uh, they just they just play like you just they, said it. They'll just play just from play. anywhere, and anything is on. Everything's on. Um, they want to play open, expansive rugby. They've got a couple of sevens players in there as mm. well. Um, but the one thing I was really impressed is their communication and defence. 
Now, I know we've got the benefit of like ref mics now. So you do pick up a little bit more, you know, and what happens on the field. But honestly, it was actually, it was like for the first 15 minutes, I was like, this is cool. I can hear every player going up and making my hit. And then after 20 minutes, I was like, right, I think I'm going to have to mute this. Yeah. I literally can't hear the commentators. They were so loud. Yeah. I asked why exactly what I was thinking in the first half. <laughs> I only watched the first half because obviously the Fiji game started. Um, but I was super impressed. They, they're not reactive. They're proactive in the way yeah. that they play rugby. And I think, you know, and you said that how verbal they are and how organized yeah. they are, for sure. Yeah. And so those- this is Wales's biggest um, opposition, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. And there's the element of the unknown, you know. Yes, obviously, England and France when we play them in the Six Nations, that they're massive games. But with Canada, you know, it's been a long time since we've played them. So you get that kind of, bit of maybe a little bit more fear factor. Don't know them. Don't know many of the players. Although apparently um, against England, I don't know if you heard this in the commentary, the front row was the exact front row for Exeter. Exeter, yeah. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, that's great for them to have that cohesion in front row, you know, which in fairness, their scrum mm. uh, held up to England again. Like another positive that you you wouldn't expect. Um, you say I'm, element of the unknown, but when our front row comes up against their front row, they would have been playing each other in the alliance. Yeah, so there's, there's no fear when it comes to the scrum. That's true. Yeah, mm. that's a very good point. Um, some players to look out for though, who I'm kind of I'm hoping they're playing and not hoping they're playing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to see class, but we, yeah, we don't want them to have too strong kind of, team. Yeah, basically. Uh, number seven, Parkwin. I don't know. If oh, you amazing. Uh, Come amazing. on. Yeah. She, I feel like she's been amazing for 10 years now. I know. I know. Right. And incredible at sevens, incredible at 15s. An engine that is unreal. A complete engine. That, like, bordering on a bit tapped alley. But... That's the type of t- player you want on your team. You Bordering know? on a bit more. Tap Dally, like. Tap Dally, no, <laughs> like. Not, not quite. Well, you can't right. see listeners. So she's top. She's tapping the top of her head for you. <laughs> she's, what, a, she's missing the top two inches or. No, no, no. She's just a bit of like, you know, when you. Are you okay, hun? Are you okay, hun? Like, <laughs> you okay, babes? You okay, babes? Uh, but in a really good, crazy, I'm a fitness freak way. And then they're 14 who scored the try. I think it was the. First half. Yeah, it must have been the first half. Poulan. Oh, she's awesome as well, yeah. Oh, she's fast. Fast. Wow. Really low centre of gravity, right? Yeah. So she can just change direction really easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, pulling away from the England backs. There are not many, many players that can do that. So she's going to be she's going to be hard to, to handle. But I think in regards to what I think like Wales should be doing in training and this is for Hannah Jones and Karen Lake. I would literally be having them catching a pass, making a pass while someone is running towards them and smashing them because they are going to have to make a, like a smash and pass. Oh yeah. Canada's line speed. The pace mm. of that line speed is brilliant. And yeah, I say they died off in, in the latter 20, but in fairness, like against Wales, they're going to bring that again because I think they're going to be thinking if we can hold this intensity just for the first half, score one or two tries, I don't think Wales are strong enough to overcome that in the second half like England did. Mm. So I think that is is what we're going to see again. So you don't want players all of a sudden just standing ridiculously deep because we know that doesn't work. We need to back our skill set. 
but oh man, I would be, yeah, Hannah. I'd back our centres in that situation. I would back our centres, but I'd also be buying them a hot water bottle for Monday morning because <laughs> they're probably not going to feel their ribs for another week after that. Oh, game. they need some crutches Monday. <laughs> they need some so it's too early. We haven't seen the team. It's Tuesday night. Um, what, what can we hope for, Phil? What, what kind of team would you be, what individuals do we need to be fielding against Canada, do you think? Well, if there's any way, you know, we can bribe Team GB to let us have Jasmine Joyce back, that would be great. Mm. Uh, no, I'm only joking. She, just in case anyone doesn't know, she's with the Team GB for the Dubai Sevens. And actually, a friend asked me about this the other day because it, it is a bit confusing. You know, normally it's only Team GB for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a slightly different situation, a little bit to do with, with COVID. So the World Seven Series wasn't able to to continue in its normal format so it's actually going to be starting in Dubai it's normally already going by now but they're going to start in Dubai and it's going to be reduced amount of legs unfortunately as well however they need to get some going because it is going to be the sevens world cup in South Africa Mm -hmm. next September so lottery funding for GB sevens was actually in place until the end of the year and they have decided to keep the team together and enter it into Dubai Sevens, so Team GB. But then as soon as Dubai is finished, then it will be reverting back to England because England need to be playing on the World Series to accrue right. positions. Uh, is this stay in the Super Fours format or have we evolved from that? No, we've evolved from that. So that was uh, a one-off a tournament in America, Canada, sorry, Canada. It was mm. in Canada, Vancouver. Uh, that was very much just, we need to get sevens happening. Who can come? And the Super Force was free. COVID free, yeah. Literally, it was who can come. And I mean, even France was supposed to be there. And then about two weeks before, they had to pull out. So, you know, World Rugby are doing their best to try and get sevens up and running, but it's incredibly difficult. But hopefully, Dubai, uh, it'll be last weekend of November, there'll be a closed tournament so no spectators and then the first week of december will actually be open to spectators so it will all officially kick off world series wise in dubai but like i say jasmine joyce is in the train squad for that so that's why she can't be playing so back to your original that was a long answer oh, god sorry man <laughs> Um, you know what it's like, what I'm like with sevens. You mentioned I, I know. anything remotely I know. to do with it. I'm off on one. It's between Laurie and the scrums, you and the sevens. <laughs> uh, the wonder we get anything covered on you. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, here's a here's an interesting one. I'm just looking at the team now. Fionn Lewis, Kira Bell. Oh, ooh, that was going to be a yeah. question of mine a bit later. Yes. That is a we are blessed, ball. right? We it's great. It's great. And to be fair, you know, there are quite a few positions where we could have this, you know, A or B. What are we thinking here? Apart from in fairness, we've just talked about the centers. I think they're they're nailed on. Don't touch them. Mm-hmm. But I really liked I like the fact they're very different. I like the fact they play a bit different. I think Fionn Lewis's um speed of pass has massively improved, but I like her size as well. She, you know. The tri- in a complimentary way, right? In a very complimentary way. When you talk about rugby girls, yeah. size is a good thing. We want yeah. strong, powerful women. And, you know, the try that's, that Fee did score, it was akin to a flanker coming off the back of the scrum. Mm. You know, getting that ball, bit of footwork, fend over. 
and I just it looks wish- easy on screen that sorry oh, Phil when, when no they problem. played it back it, it looks easy because it looks like they get a room but the scrum was going forward which is great which tied in their back row Shuan picked up but she went against the wheel mm. and then took a step left and passed so she actually took time away from Fionn to score that so what yeah. you didn't see was everybody's on their way to Fionn but mm. she, she still you know the power she just what was it about maybe six seven meters mm-hmm. nobody was catching her from there were they mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. and I know we're going to go on to talk about um oh gosh why am I so bad with names we got Fionn and we got Kira Bevan Kira Bevan thank you very much exactly like you said two very different players but two mm. brilliant nines for me I think Kira maybe offers you know the kick yeah. and maybe I think it's maybe the, the length of time she's been in the squad as well. She's more experienced, probably a lot more confident. She'll go for the box kicks, but she'll also go for that quick tap as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think mm-hmm. with Fionn, she's relatively new to the squad. She she waits to see what the leaders are going to say. Whereas mm-hmm. Kira Bevan will just tap and go if there's a penalty or an infringement. Or something. I think that's the only thing between them right now mm-hmm. for me. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And when you think it could be an arm wrestle or indeed I could easily see Canada going up by two or three and halftime talks and whatnot. Yeah. You probably are going to want that bit more of an experience. And then Fionn Lewis coming on and making the impact like she did in round one. That's, yeah. you can't ask any more. It's a tough call, isn't it? It's a very tough call. But like we so, say, brilliant. Do we, do we want to play more of a kicking game against Canada in that sense than for me, Kira Bevan starts? Or are we going to go for the physical game? In that case, Fionn starts. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure about the kicking game in regards to the experience of our wingers as opposed to the experience of their wingers. Because they got Elisa Alaria full back as well and you don't want to give her any ball to counter attack. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I think it's certainly it's always worth putting them up, isn't it? And feeling it out and seeing what what we get from it, but I wouldn't say this was like like against Japan I was all about the box kicks. Get them up. We've got natural height on. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. They're not confident team right yeah. now. So you know, do as many as you want. Whereas this game, I'm a bit like, ah, let, okay, let's do one in the first 10, 15, see how it goes. But I wouldn't say it's going to be a core part of the of the game plan. Mm. And you know what? Like set piece. I don't want to be a naysayer, but I don't think we were particularly challenged either. In them, I'm, I'm, it's great to see the lineup functioning. It's great mm. to see the scrummage fun- functioning, but I think Canada will give us a truer reflection of where our set piece truly is. You we know? haven't come up against world class set piece yet. No, exactly. Or world class yeah. defense or world class attack. Yes, really. Yes. So this, yes, well, this is going to tell us exactly where we are, and you know, the girls will be fully prepared for a completely different test match. 100%. And. Um, supporters have got to realise just exactly. Canada, third, fourth in the world? Uh, I think they're third. Yeah. You sent me the latest rankings, didn't you? I, think I did. It done, done... I won't remember anything I've sent you, Phil. <laughs> once it's, once it's gone from me to you. <laughs> yeah, Canada are third in the world. I mean, they're higher than France, which, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And New Zealand are obviously still second. Mm-hmm. You know, that's possibly based on what we've seen this uh, this autumn. Yeah. You know, it maybe doesn't reflect those rankings too well, but you can't take anything away from Canada. They're third in the world. Mm-hmm. This is a completely different beast this weekend. Yeah. But like I say, 
this this is what you want from an autumn series. Well, you want, absolutely. You want a bit of confidence, but you also you you've got to be challenged at some point to learn from yeah. it. Yeah, and it's the ideal situation for us to roll into that game on the back of two wins, mm-hmm. um, two solid wins. Let's be honest, with um, some great individual performances, some great mm-hmm. set pieces. Confidence has got to be high. Mm-hmm. So now or never, right? Let's bring them on. yes roll on that one and just in case anyone hasn't got their tickets yet tickets are available it's going to be on sunday kickoff is five or 5 15 oh yeah one of one of the one of them round about five o'clock just get in there before five (laughs) say around about (laughs) that yeah there were some comments actually on twitter about five um, o'clock yeah I said something along the lines of right. So it's like a thousand for the Japan game is one thousand five-ish for mm-hmm. the South Africa game. How do we get up to two thousand for this Canada game? Yeah, and like there's a lot of um, tweets and I had a few DMs as well saying it's just so hard to get getting there is fine, but some of the girls and some of the hubs have got games, so they'll be watching from their clubs, and like transport out to Cardiff, mm-hmm. like. There's hardly any buses back to the valleys, let alone back west and north for traveling and, and you know, work in the morning and things like that. So, yeah. you know, we've got to be mindful of we're probably not going to break any records for a crowd because five o'clock is an, an awkward time for people. Mm. Yeah. When you think of the bigger picture with people traveling as well. Yeah, fair enough. So you'll yeah. have to make enough noise for everybody, Phil. <laughs> um, there was well I guess it is a record because uh, Scotland played Japan in their new stadium so we're used to going up to Scotstown if you remember mm, and playing yeah. up there so they're now in the ever so catchingly worded Dam Health Studio Stadium in Edinburgh Damn. <laughs> yeah but in Scotstown. Oh, do you remember how freezing it was there? Phil? Always. Do you remember the one side of the pitch was always frozen? <laughs> that right-hand corner was <laughs> always just frozen. Yeah. I remember, I'm sure it was Ellen Evans that slid to score a try and lost like nearly all the skin on her right thigh. Not surprised. Oh, oh, so cold up there. Yeah. Well, mm. they have changed now to, let's just call it the dam. The dam The dam. They're in the dam. They played their first game and they had two and a half thousand in the crowd. So amazing. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. Um, with that game, Scotland won 36-12. Actually wasn't that brilliant by Scotland. I know mm. that sounds again like a great result. But when you consider that Japan had a player sent off within the first 20 minutes, so they're actually only playing against 14. And at half time. It was 10-12 to Japan. Mm. Literally, uh, Scotland came out and scored early, and you thought, okay, I, I can see how this is going to go. Japan have a yellow card. Can definitely see how this... Sorry, red card. I definitely see how this is going to go. And then they just kind of... I don't know whether they were forcing it, or again, they thought, yeah, this is in the bag. Like, don't need to concentrate. Mm. But Japan just were all over them. They were the better team for that first half. And then inevitably, you know, in the second half, fitness came true and blah, blah, blah. And, and mm. Scotland kind of turned it on a little bit. But when you consider, you know, the runner games they had for the World Cup qualifiers, they're now in that position to qualify to the World Cup. I I just kind of thought I might have seen a little bit more from yeah. than I did. I think mentally, if the opposition lose a player, then 
I think we saw it in the Welsh Fiji game as well, the men's on the Sunday, yeah. is that yeah. systems go out the window, game plan goes out the window yeah. because you think, oh, they're a man down, let's go for it. Yeah. And it, it ultimately makes you play worse unless yeah. the leaders on the team can keep their heads and mm. still play the way you were meant to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't watch that game. I've, I've only seen some highlights, but that was that's Scotland's only fixture, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And don't, I don't want to take away that their last two tries were, were good tries, really good tries from Scotland. Still worth, you know, please go back and watch the highlights and stuff. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I kind of, maybe I've built them up a bit in my head after the World Cup qualifiers and maybe I expected a little bit more from it. But again, good, good, good hit out for them. I'm sure they'll, they'll yeah. have And let's credit Japan then because, you know, yes. a valiant defensive effort. Yes. Yeah, mm. exactly. And the other game was then Ireland USA off the back of, well, a difficult time for the Irish players and all the controversy around what's going on in the IRFU at the moment. They got a win. Uh, 2010 against USA. Again, I don't want to dampen this. I'm sounding like a right naysayer, but this is not USA of the 2017 World Cup. Okay. They are not the same team. USA did come off the back of you know, they've played those two games against Canada. This was a five-day turnaround for them then to play Ireland, and it showed. They also looked very rusty and very tired in the in the second half. But equally, credit to Ireland with everything they've been going through. And you know how um, we talked about Kleena Maloney coming out, you know, and saying openly on her social medias how much she disagreed yeah. with what's going on and how we thought that was really brave of a current player to speak up. Well, yeah. she still played in that game because... Yeah. You know, there were some of us thinking, okay, we're not going to see you now till at least the Six Nations. Yeah. But- Luckily, she was already selected to start that <laughs> game, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So she was still there. And Bathan Parsons, the, the young winger, she's like 19. Oh, class. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah, she was class. Her try was immense. Yeah. Yeah. So good to see. It was very stop start. It was. It took a long time to get going, but um, there was a great crowd there as well. I don't know the numbers, but it sounded full, and yeah. they, they were right behind their players. And um, the, it was quite hard to listen to because I don't know who the commentator was, but he was so negative about everything going on on the field. It was really, a bit, a bit hard to listen to. Yes, but um. Yeah, it was a bit stuff stuff, but I think there's so much more to come from Ireland. They just haven't clicked yet. Mm-hmm. And you know Ireland of old, once they click, they are dangerous. Yeah, no, mm. I agree. Cool. Well, that's pretty much a roundup from um, most of the rugby games. There were a million and two on last <laughs> weekend. My Sky Planet is full. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, any other games, anything happening you want to talk about? Any news? Any news? News. I crammed my sevens news in earlier. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I no, didn't tell us who's There's qualified. more sevens news. Yeah. <laughs> so there are uh, 16 teams that are going to be playing in the World Cup. And so far, we had five with, uh, named qualified, which are Australia, France, New Zealand, South Africa, and USA. And two more have just been added to that list. So qualified are Brazil and Colombia. So seven teams in now, a uh, few more to go. And this is why we need to get the World Series back up and running and the Europeans next year as well to answer. Will you be going to that, Phil? Will you be working? 
I don't know about the World Cup, fingers crossed, but I will be in Dubai for the opening legs. So casual. I know. Casual flyer. Um, <laughs> it's really important, you know, I amplify it as often as I, I can remember to. It's, you know, you, you can't be what you can't see. And the job that you, Dudgy, Tails, um, Sean Ed and others are doing in and around the game is so important. And it just amplifies his life after rugby as well. Yes. Right? And you're seeing it in the football, we're seeing it in the rugby as well now. And I just think it's brilliant. So, you know, we may be fed up of listening to your travel stories, but we're, we're behind you 100%. <laughs> we're not jealous at all. <laughs> that said, I was trying to convince the BBC lot after the game <laughs> on, on Saturday that they should allow me to be the roving reporter in New Zealand for the World Cup and they should give me a fan <laughs> run. <laughs> so what Scott Quinnell did oh, for the Lions, wow. I'm more than happy to throw my hat in the ring <laughs> for the World Cup. So I'll hand that over to you then, Captain Heller. That's the BBC. Hey, it's all about networking. As long as she can remember you actually saying that to her, then you've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> that was in bar 44 a few hours later. So yeah. I'm not sure she will remember. <laughs> oh, good times. That was so nice. And you've, you know, you've just said about it now with this weekend being a Sunday, but to have a Saturday fixture and just go out for a beer with the crew and, and other people at the game. And yeah, maybe this is amplified because obviously we're coming out of a global pandemic where we just haven't been mm. able to do that for ages anyway. But you don't get that opportunity often with with a women's international because so often yeah. they're on a on a Sunday so it was so lovely not that we should gear all fixtures around the fact that we just want to be able to drink after but it does no, but we were just so excited to be out out <laughs> out, out I <laughs> know out. Phil was out out wow that doesn't happen often that's it that's my annual one done yeah <laughs> Yeah, so please come out out with us, listeners, you know, more the merrier. We, we bang on about the former players, but, you know, it's one big rugby family for us, more the merrier. Um, yeah, and carry on with the noise long after the game. Mm-hmm. But probably not this Sunday because we all go work Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write a letter <laughs> to the fixture secretary. Um... Yeah, so... Um, Phil, this is our penultimate episode of the yeah. Back the Girls podcast season one. Wow, we made it. We made Didn't it. Get, like, can you get banned? Can a podcast get banned? I don't even know. Just a matter but- of time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, we we are getting we're getting there. I'd say we're getting there. More and more people are coming up and saying that they're enjoying the pod and, you know, appreciate the time and effort we've put in to try and bring awareness, which that's all we ever wanted, wasn't it? Just Mm. spread a bit of awareness to spread a bit of engagement, to spread a lot of support for these women because they deserve it. And yeah, learned a lot as we've gone. Learned how not to swear. Give us so much better on that front. Um, (laughs) Give us your thoughts on episode 10 then, Phil, because um, Laurie and I went bare back without you. We were the worst experience (laughs) girls. What did you think? How did we do? I thought you did very well. It was very natural. Oh. Yeah. No, I thought. Very natural. You said through grounded teeth. Very natural. Oh, I thought you did a great job. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'll say it now because Laurie's not on, but she was really nervous. Bless her because oh. but Phil's not going to be there. What happened? What if me and you just like, <laughs> we don't, what are we going to do without Phil there? I was like, <laughs> don't worry, Lo. We've never had a silent moment between us. It's going to be all right. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. 
So, listeners, episode 12 will be back to to you and the community. We know that you're all gearing up to uh, the second part of the season, which is the Cup. So we're very excited. So we'll find out all the information about that and we'll share it in the next episode. But ultimately, we want it to be about you and the clubs and the hubs that are part of, of this big rugby family. So tell us what's been great. Tell us what you're looking forward to. Tell us all your good news stories. And we want to cover as much from the club game as we can before we wrap up in before Christmas. Celebrate you guys. And then we'll be back in the new year. If Phil is back from... God knows when she'll be then. <laughs> will you be back from Dubai in the new year, Phil? I will. I'll be back for Christmas, but then I, I am going to the south Go of Spain ahead. in January. So Yes. So once Phil is back, we'll start gearing up for the Six Nations, which Woo-hoo. is my favourite time of the year. Mm-hmm. And maybe some exciting news to come about that. And on that cliffhanger, jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> Laurie's going to be gutted because she can't participate in the pub quiz. But Phil, oh, mate, I, can't, oh, no. oh, God. I can't let you go without. Oh, yeah. So, bit of mind, we got right. Canada on the weekend. I've been doing a bit of research. I wanted to find oh. out, like, Canada's top try score and things like that. Couldn't find the information out. But what I have, do, have done right. through, you know, the incredible, reliable resource that is Wikipedia <laughs> is how many times Wales has played Canada. And from a Canada's perspective, what is the win-lose draw ratio? So I'll tell you how many times they played. Can I have a guess at that first? Oh, of course you can. Bonus point. Four times. Okay. Oh, would you Way off. me yes, is it? Way off. Yeah, they played it 11 times. No. Mm. First oh, one going back, I believe, 91. Really? Mm. Gosh, because I played in a fixture against them in 2004 or five, and I've, I could have sworn everyone was saying that was their first fixture. It may have been their first fixture in Wales. Ah, uh, right. So, well, right. So if it's 91, I'm guessing that's the World Cup, right? But that was in Wales. You're right. That Bonus was in Glamorgan. There we go. That was, <laughs> that was in Glamorgan Wanderers in... Oh, oh. April, or I don't know if that's American dates, but 91, they played at Glamorgan Wanderers. Oh, okay. 11 times. God, I wouldn't have said that. Mm. All right. So give me the ratio then, Phil. They've played 11 times from a Canada's perspective. How many have they won, lost, and drawn? You know what? I'm going to say back in the day, we were probably stronger. So I'm going to say that Canada only won four of them. And we've won all the others. Mm. Close. Not even. Really? Yes. Go From on. a Canada's perspective, they have won seven of the 11. Huh. So the other way around. Yeah. Where's Meaning the they have drawn twice. Oh, okay. And lost twice. So Wales have only actually beaten Canada twice. Huh. Yeah. And that was back in the day, I'm guessing. Uh, actually, the first encounter that I can see was the, the World Cup match was a 9 all draw in the Morgan Wanderers. So I'm just trudging quickly through. I'm sure um, he won. In 2001, again, they came over. 
and it was 7.21 to Canada, 11.12 to Canada, and then a 13.13 draw. What was the one in 2004, 2005 that I played? I'm sure we won that. 2004, 2005. There's no games listed in that era. 2006? Yes. Oh, I, I played this with you, I'm sure. Um, we won 16-11. Yeah. The Morgan Wanderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. I did not realise so we are actually on that many times. Yeah, well, I didn't realise either until I started doing the research. I thought maybe it was five because we played in yeah. the World Cup as well, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yes, but the the last time we played was a bit of a hammering. Oh, no, Phil, were you were, the hammering was Canada versus Wales A at UIC. I played that. That was 66-7 to Canada. That was in 2006. Was that the one where Non played for us? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I think that. actually Non captained the Wales A side. Yeah, I remember that. Because I think she was coming back from injury or something That's like that. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was her first hit back out in a national team. And it was one of my yeah. very first games. <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, we'll blame Non. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> no, we love you, Non. <laughs> And obviously they played in the World Cup as well. I think we, which was their last encounter was the World Cup. And that was 52-0 to Canada. That's massive as well. Yeah. But how, how good were Canada in 2017? Exactly. And like USA, this team, you know, they're not in that form, I would say, more so with Canada. They're, not, they're potentially that team, but they, they haven't got that form of 2017. So yeah. I would be very, very surprised if we saw a scoreline like that. But, yeah. I, you know, I am going to edge Canada by probably 10 or 15. I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not, not going to say it. it. Yeah. I'm not going to call it. Right. Is this painful quiz got a follow-up question or? No, because Good. no, because this, this pub quiz is the worst pub quiz in the world. <laughs> you know if you, right, can I just give you a bit of feedback, please? Yeah, go right. on then. You've got to throw in an easy question every night. Just get the engagement, you know? Make okay. me think like I know something about rugby. All right. But All then right. I might think a little bit more about the what was the score in 1984 question, you know? <laughs> okay. And I should give it a bit of time. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I apologise for not making them walk in. My bad. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's our preparation for the Wales-Canada game. We hope to see so many of you down there, or at least watching on telly. Show us your fan pics on social media. Share those with us. Um, if you see us, say hi. We definitely want to want to chat with you and mm -hmm. you know get your feedback on the pod and what it is you want us to include because you have to be part of it. This doesn't work without your participation and mm -hmm. your involvement. Absolutely. All right, please do get in touch. Remember on Instagram, it is Back the Girls Podcast. On Twitter, it is Back the Girls Pod. And just because we love to keep it simple, on email, it is backthegirls.pod at hotmail.com. Thank you. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.